Hi, and welcome to Strangers on the Internet, a podcast about making online dating work for you. My name is Irene Manta, and I'm a professor at the Maurice A. Dean School of Law at Hofstra University. I'm also a dating coach and a consultant for the dating app industry. And I am Michelle Lang, a senior lecturer in psychology at Christopher Newport University in Virginia and a clinical psychologist in private practice. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and not our employers. Today, we will talk about dating in New York City and hear a story from Cassie about how her boyfriend cheated with a younger friend of hers. Oh boy. We are fortunate to have with us Cassie, a professional in her 40s who has lived in New York City for 13 years. She recently broke up with her partner, with whom she had been for several years, after he cheated on her with a younger friend. And then those two moved to the same neighborhood, and she has to keep running into them. Wow. Cassie, welcome. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us a bit about your dating life in New York City before you met your last boyfriend, Mr. Cheater. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, it's a little bit of a crazy story. But before before COVID, you know, I was really positive about dating. You know, I was doing everything you could, you know, because my friends would be like, how do you keep going forward with dating? So I would just be like, you know, you never know. You're going you're gonna to meet the one eventually, right? So I went on all of these dates. I had, I mean, I think all of the apps, you know, we you know, eHarmony, Plenty of Fish, Hinge. I can't even remember them because I was in a relationship with this cheater for three and a half years. So, you know, kind of before that, you know, I was giving it all this like big try to find to find the one. And so did you meet him on a dating app also? I didn't. I actually met him in real life <laughs> in COVID, uh, three weeks into COVID. I was at our physical therapy center, which, you know, obviously doctors appointments are still open and we had actually met the year prior at this center and we both thought each other were cute but he was dating somebody and I was kind of dating somebody we would run into each other there but nothing kind of really clicked or sparked and then at physical therapy you know it was very social distancing he was there seeing the physical therapist I went afterwards and he was like hey do you remember me and I'm like yeah you're that guy that I met a year ago And so we kind of chatted and then I invited him on a social distancing run. Wow, that's an unusual way to meet. I'm not sure that I've talked to anybody who has met someone at their physical therapist, but I guess it makes sense. Michelle, have you, have you, we've talked you and I a little bit about people meeting in like, you know, waiting rooms, but. Yeah. Well, you know, I had an experience. It didn't result in me dating this person, but it could have. It was pretty interesting. I had actually, I had gone on a first date on New Year's Eve, which was already, I thought, a pretty wild thing to do. But I had gone on a first date on New Year's Eve with this one guy, and it was a great date. We just had an awesome time. And so I was excited about continuing to see him. Now, at the same time, I was attending counseling sessions as a client, and I was in my therapist's waiting room, like, the week after, like, the first week of January or something. And this guy is in the waiting room, and he's looking at me. Like, I can it's just the two of us in there and I could tell he's like looking at me so I kind of like make eye contact with him and he was like were you at this specific bar on New Year's Eve and I was like yes <laughs> and I was thinking that's the only time that somebody saw me out and then 
saw me in a waiting room at my therapist's office and um, and acknowledged, like, I saw you out. And so I was just thinking, that's the closest I've got to a story of if instead, what if I had stopped dating the guy I had been dating for this other fun guy who had the similar kind of New Year's Eve plans, but I didn't. I stuck with that guy who I went on the date with. We had a lovely relationship. But yeah, no, that's the best I've got um, was, and I did think that was pretty interesting of somebody to, to mention in a therapist's office, like we're both here because we've got issues we're dealing with. <laughs> but let's acknowledge that, you know, the rest of our lives happen too, that we've seen each other out in the world. So no, that's super interesting though. And and I love the social distancing run. I mean, that's, you know, even just your attitude towards dating previously where you're like, you know what, may as well keep trying. If I keep going at it enough, eventually maybe I'll find somebody. Turns out it wasn't this guy, but it was for three years, right? So can you talk, so obviously we know how it ends. We know how it begins and we know how it ends. Were you feeling like, the relationship was coming to a close. Like, would you say you were mutually not satisfied towards the end of this relationship? Or when you found out that he was cheating, was that, I mean, obviously it was a surprise to you that he was cheating. Was it a surprise to you that he was not feeling fulfilled within the relationship? Yeah, I mean, you know, we were, yeah, we were together for three years. We moved in really quick, right? I mean, I guess relationships, you know, in COVID kind of do move quickly, right? So, you know, within three or six months, some there my lease was ending he's like just move in with me and right and i'm not the kind of person who usually rushes like i've always kind of had my own place and i was like why not throw caution to the wind you know the world is ending maybe and here's a really great guy and he asked me and i was like yeah let's let's just do this right so i moved in with him and it was great right we had a really great time he actually did you know cheat early on even though he says it was a very gray area he kissed another woman and we were kind of in the first couple months of dating, right? So maybe that should have been an indication that you don't go with him, even though he denies, you know, that it meant anything or she kissed him, let's say. Let's <laughs> um, always the, oh, there's always the option to say no, but, you know, as, as one goes. And then towards the end of this relationship, right, you know, it was a very complicated situation with, you know, with his ex. They co-shared a house upstate and we would go there every other weekend. We kind of had this you know, back and forth relationship, you know, living in the city, living up there. And after COVID ended, you know, I started traveling a lot for my job, right? So we were kind of naturally, you know, we met in a world where we were locked down together all of the time. And then as the relationship was kind of coming back, you know, like COVID was ending and we we're coming back into it, like he never really saw me traveling that much. And maybe just me being gone was like a reality of the relationship. And I was feeling, you know, like, and he wasn't that emotionally available. So I'd be like, why aren't we, you know, like doing these things or why aren't we talking? Right. And I've been in therapy for over 10 years. I love my therapist. And I would say to him, I feel stuck. Like, I feel like we can't talk to each other. Right. But instead of talking to me, I don't think he should have cheated. Right. And he still denied cheating when I caught him cheating with her. So how did you catch him? We need to hear about that. I always say my dog gave it away. Um, so we were out for a walk, um, the dog and I, and actually this woman and him, I had them, they were in my app and find my friends. So that's how they could track never seeing me together, 
Right. So if I was walking one direction, they could go in the opposite direction. Oh, I know. Right. (laughs) It can be good or bad because it actually helped me catch them in the end. So then we were out running. They were out running and my dog decided to pull the opposite direction. So I turned around and I walked the opposite direction with the dog and I caught them together. I was like, what are you guys doing together? And I'm like, are you going for a run? And they're like, no, no, we just randomly ran into each other. And the thing is, we were all friends. And I, so I thought, actually, that was weird. I was like, well, why don't you guys just run together then? Right? Like, here I am thinking, this is a natural thing. You should just run together. Like, no, no, no. I'm like, this is odd. And so they took off running. And then my dog took off running after them. And, like, it was his job. And so I was like, well, this is very interesting. And so then when they stopped, when we stopped, the dog started crying hysterically, right? And, like, at this moment, I was like, something's going on between them because my dog doesn't do that to just anybody, right? Like he has to feel like he's losing somebody that's personal to him. So I actually waited for them to come back from the run, walked back with them and they kept looking at each other back and forth. And I was like, there's something going on. Like call it God instinct, call it women's intuition. And I, um, they, like my boyfriend stayed outside. Well, now ex-boyfriend stayed outside with the dog. And I went back inside and I called my sister and I was like, he's cheating on me. And my sister's like, you're insane. There's no way this man would cheat. She's like, every, I mean, nobody thought he would cheat. Like he's not the type to cheat. He's not the type to cheat. You're in a relationship with him. Plus she's 27 and your friend, like who does that to somebody? And so I looked in, find my friends and I saw them sitting together. So I went back outside and I caught them together. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, nothing, nothing. And I'm like, why is she, you know, like, she's like, I have to go to work. And he was like, she's just upset about work. And I was just giving her advice. And I went straight out to him and like, are you cheating on me with her? And he was like, no way. And I was like, listen, we haven't really been connecting emotionally. Like, I feel like when I ask you questions, you won't talk to me about this. So, you know, and nobody sits that close together on a bench if you're just friends. Like, that's not how you sit. And he's like, no, we're not. You're not, we're not seeing each other, nothing. So then I went back home and then I decided to go outside and get a cup of coffee, call my sister. And then when I was, came back up the apartment, he was missing. So I look in the app and I find them and find my friends together and I go outside. Hide behind a tree like a crazy person. Tell people how old he was when this happened. So she was 27 and he was 49. Yes, 49 and 27. And then I cut them together. And so he came back in. We like watch each other's dogs. So they came back inside. I went back outside. I went after her and I said, are you fucking my boyfriend? And she says to me, you need to have that discussion with him. And I said, we've been friends for two years. We walk each other's, we watch each other's dog. We walk together. Like I've had you to my, my apartment for dinner. We've had you upstate. Like I need to understand what is going on and she's like i can't confirm or deny these allegations like this is a courtroom i mean what painful to hear because i think it's an ongoing topic of conversation in like groups we belong to and amongst friends who talk when cheating is discovered to be like who are we mad at here you know um are we mad and and typically the general consensus is you really need to be more mad at your boyfriend partner whoever because they're the person who who broke a promise to you the other person didn't you don't need to be as mad at them but in this case 
she is your friend too. And also, was she like, you said she's friends with both of you guys. Was she his friend first or your friend first? I mean, kind of regardless, she's your friend too. And so for her to say, this doesn't have to do with me. You need to talk to him. I can't confirm or deny when it's her own actions. Oh, that is just especially infuriating to hear. Yeah, I mean, I met her out walking the dog. I'm a very social person. So I met her first and brought her into our life. Made, you know, like had his friend and, you know, and then finally I asked her, how long has it been, been going on? And she says to me, I can't quantify the time. What? Oh, so it's been a minute. So it's been a minute. So I actually came inside and I confronted, I actually was like, I, I need you to get out of this house or this apartment. Like we're over, um, like leave immediately. And he was like, what? And I was like, you've been screwing this woman this 27 year old, like, I know that you're screwing her. And he was like, we just, just got really close in the last month. I'm like, get out of the apartment. And so he went to take a shower. He's like, well, can I at least shower before I leave? And I was like, sure. And um, he forgot he left his computer open. So when he was in the shower, I was able to go through all of the history of them, of their conversations together. And like, you know, we had gone on a big vacation in April and I was like, were you screwing her when we were on our vacation together? And he was like, no, it started after that. And, you know, like four days after we come back, you're saying I miss you. Like, there's just no, like, it could have been that. But he let me go to his family reunion. And he let, he was, the day that we were actually, I caught them together, we were going to my family reunion. Oh, so for like God. almost four to six months, probably he was cheating and like living these double lives. I mean, the text messages to him and her, to both of us were the exact same. What do you think of my new glasses? Right? Like, I can't wait to see you tonight. Like he would use the excuse of I'm going on a walk with the dog to go over and see her. But Ew, yeah, they're one, both so gross. One of the things that's so confusing about this is there are couples where somebody cheats but like they feel like they can't leave either because there are children involved or at the very least because people are married what exactly i mean why didn't he just break up i guess i assume that was part of your conversation with him like why didn't he just break up if he wanted to get out of the relationship like what was sort of keeping him back you know I mean, I think he's very non-confrontational as a person, so he doesn't want to. He just said, I just could never find the right time. I'm like, any time in the last four to six months would have been a, a great time to have told me, right? And even when this all happened, you, you know, he was like, well, he's like, he's like, you get so emotional. And I was like, well, I'm allowed to be emotional. <laughs> Yes, as one does when they're being broken up with, and especially if it's because somebody is leaving me for my friend. Wait, wait, tell our listeners, though, Cassie, how he tried to blame it on a midlife crisis, something I happen to, to know from you. Yes, exactly. Um, so he left, and I took the dog, and I went to Virginia for the week, and I surrounded my... I went to my family reunion. I mean, talk about not wanting to be at a family reunion, but also maybe the best time to be at a family reunion because every one of my aunts and my uncles and my cousins like really were amazing and supportive. I stayed with my sister for a week and just was with family, right? Surrounded myself with family. And he never once called or tried to have a conversation. And finally, when I got back to New York, I called him and like, were you ever going to have a conversation? And probably the answer is no, but I kind of forced him into it. 
And he's like, well, maybe I'm having a midlife crisis. And I said, well, just don't be a cliche, you know, and he just turned 50 two weeks ago. So, and you know, the worst is he told me that he had plenty of friends to stay with, but he, you know, when I came back and wanted him to get the rest of his stuff out, I actually did follow him to her house to see if he was, he moved in with her. And he was like, you can't follow me. And I was like, well, first off, I can follow you. It's over on a sidewalk. I'm not like, but I was like, I need to see for myself that you were lying to me about the situation. Right. And he is like, she's, they moved in, but you know, she has massive daddy issues, right? She's 27 and only dates over 40. You know, her father is like, in his 60s and only dates 23 year olds yeah there's a lot going on there so okay so all this stuff happens and like how did you how did you get over it like how did you process this massive thing and this massive betrayal that had just happened i think i'm still processing it um i definitely have the most amazing therapist i think i called him every day (laughs) Uh, so it's been, it was good to have somebody who was there for like 10 years of my life, kind of like standing behind me. I have a huge community of people. I mean, at first I didn't really want to talk about the situation because I was like a little bit ashamed that this happened to me. Um, but then I realized this wasn't my fault. Right. And talking to my therapist and actually talking to so many friends, it's a more of a common place than you actually think, which I find a bit disgusting. Right. Men cheating on women, women cheating on women, you know, it's, it's, you know, my friends have like all had a similar story, right? And it's like, why can't you just be up front and say, hey, this is happening and, you know, people cheat, like as my therapist says, people cheat because they can't find a way out of the relationship without, you know, like actually saying why they want to get out of it. So they cheat because facing the real thing, like maybe we're not emotionally connected or I don't love you anymore. Those are harder things to say, but cheating isn't the easy way out. It's the coward's way out. And sometimes people cheat too for a different reason, which is that they want it all, that they aren't as invested in the value of what you can get by committing yourself to somebody, which again, okay, not for everybody, but if you are committing yourself in a relationship, if you are making that choice, you know, then I think it's fair for the person you're in a relationship with to assume that you see the value in that and that's what you intend to follow through on until they tell you otherwise. But yeah, you know, sometimes people do cheat because they just like the idea of having their relationship and they have this idea in their head that they're not going to get caught, that they can also have this fun fling on the side that, you know, makes them feel uh, attractive and like, that they're valuable outside of just what this one person thinks of me. Maybe it also feels like I'm taking my time to decide between option A, option B, and maybe option C, none of the above. You know, it's not always that they're looking for a way out. Sometimes it's just they're so self-focused that they think I can have it all and they aren't thinking about the impact on the other people. I mean, I've spoken about this before on this podcast, but I was cheated on by an ex. And that's exactly what he said to me when I said, like, how could you do this to me? And he's somebody I want to ask you about this, too, by the way. But he's somebody without a history of cheating. And and we were together for, I mean, eight years by the time I found out long it had been going on for a little while, probably seven years before it had started. But but when I said, how could you do this to me? He said, I wasn't thinking about you. 
And like as much as that's like hurts to hear, in a way it honestly reassured me because at least it meant he wasn't thinking about me and realizing this would hurt me and still deciding to do it. He was more just not thinking about me at all, just thinking about himself and thinking about how somebody you know, was interested in him and how he could have that, but have me too. And he was just being incredibly selfish. And so, you know, sometimes it can be reasons like that. I do think your therapist is right more often. It's somebody not knowing how to say they want out of the relationship. And and yet that's such a cop out because we can do hard things and we have to. And even if it is a midlife crisis, as he tried to float, okay, well, maybe that means you need to learn how to deal with stuff. Like you can't just, that's not an excuse. That's something you need to still apologize for that my midlife crisis has caused this impact in your life. Um, So that really stinks. I did want to ask you though, because your sister said like he would never do that. To your knowledge, other than the one time earlier on you guys' own relationship where he kissed somebody else when somebody else kissed him. To your knowledge, does he have a history of cheating in past relationships? You know, he said no, right? That it it didn't, I, you know, I know early in his marriage, he was cheated on and stayed with the woman, right? So maybe he, there was, was there the assumption that I would stay with him if he did this? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, he, when he got caught, it was, you know, him being very non-confrontational about everything. So when I was just like, okay, we're over, you know, actually said to F, we were kind of, I came in and I accused him of the cheating. He's like, you know what? You're right. We should break up. But I was like, first of all, I've never said that, but yes, we are breaking up in this moment. Right. So it's like, he almost wanted me to force his hands. Right. And I think, you know, maybe, you know, like she was really pushing him to break up with me, the 27 year old, because of the fact that, you know, like she was just crying her eyes out. You know, and the funny part is when I would cry, he would, he would be like, why are you crying? And like, and as soon as this woman's, I see her crying and bawling her eyes out to my ex, now ex, as I thought it was a bit of an interesting situation as a role reversal, right? And, you know, she's 27. She's got her whole entire life in front of her. But I said to him, you're making a decision to be with this woman who would do this to the friend. I was like, also, she slept with a married man at a wedding. Like, this is the type of person you choose to be with. Like, just remember that, right? Like, you're choosing a person who's not kind or good and would treat their friends like that. And that's what your decision is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. A friend just sent me this TikTok where a woman was being interviewed kind of on the topic of why do men choose younger women? And and by the way, she was on the quote unquote older side of 34 and was having to explain why men in their 30s choose like women in their 20s. And she was talking about some men really wanting to mold the person into what they want, right? And, and ultimately like have that person adapt to them rather than the other way around. Like it was stuff along those lines. Do you think there was an element to that, like that that she was going to be someone or is someone that he can kind of, you know, shape into sort of Pygmalion style, right? Shape into uh, what, what he what he dreams of and, and somebody who's maybe not fully self-actualized yet? So, you know, it's actually a very interesting thought. She, you know, he said to me, I want somebody who goes camping with me. I'm like, oh, so because I won't camp with you, <laughs> that's a, it's on the list of the reasons we're breaking up. 
He's like, well, she'll go camping with me. I'm like, she ha- I've known her for two years. She hasn't taken a vacation in two years. So I'm not really sure how that's going to work out for you. Right. And one of his complaints was that I worked too much. Right. Yet he worked a lot as well. Right. It's, you know, and I, and I get that you're always trying to blame somebody else, but you know, part of it is that like, she recently was running a marathon and I think he helped, you know, go out every day and train with her and gave her training programs. And, you know, right. Like I'm a pretty independent person. I loved being in a relationship. Was it absolutely perfect? I would say no relationship is perfect. You know, towards the end, one of the big conversations I was having with my therapist was like, I'm just feeling really stuck. And what does that mean? Does stuck mean that this is just how relationships are for the rest of your life if you're with somebody for three and a half years or is just is there something more it was a question i was questioning um being in a relationship you know and for me it was like can we move out of new york can we go on a bigger adventure can we move to portugal there were like so many opportunities to be out of that feeling stuck phase but he just wouldn't have those conversations. His conversation was always like, now's not the time. And I said that when we broke up, I'm like, every single time I ask you to do something hard or make a change, you tell me now is not the time. I was like, you're going to live your life always saying now is not the time. And you're going to end up missing your life. I love for you that you already recognized on your own, like I'm feeling stuck. So the end of your relationship, while it did not happen under good circumstances, does sound like it was the right thing because you were feeling stuck and you're feeling stuck with somebody who's not willing to work on things, who's not interested in how or why you're feeling stuck. And instead is like, "Uh uh-oh, when the going gets tough, I move in a different direction and, and only think of myself. So, you know, good, good outcome, even though the circumstances around it we're not good. I'm happy for you that you are listening to your instinct of I'm feeling stuck and looking at what does that mean? And you were willing to work on it. And while your hand was forced in this case, at least you're not stuck anymore and you're moving in a better direction than you were before. But that brings us to another question for you, which is, as Irina had mentioned in like the intro to this episode, they live nearby. You're running into them a lot, right? Like, how has that been? It's been tough. I mean, the first time I ran into him, I actually had a girlfriend staying and I came home just bawling my eyes out and crawled into bed and she crawled into bed behind me and was like, what can, what can I do? What can I say? And then I texted him like, why are you being such a dick? I asked you not to run by the apartment. It's the one thing I've asked, like, do you really have to do that? Right. And he's like, you know, he said, I'm sorry. He's like, you're right. And then I hadn't seen him again for another month or two, which I think, you know, like, you know, it's really hard. Like, it's like a little bit of also PTSD. Like you're in your own neighborhood and you see somebody with platinum blonde hair and you're like, I am definitely let that's her, right? You have like this little bit of stress and anxiety that goes on. And the second time I actually ran into him, he and her were running. And again, I was like, again, I just asked you not to run by the apartment. He's like, well, it's a little bit earlier and I didn't think I'd see you, right? And, you know, I made sure they saw me. I, I waved good morning and then he got really close to me and then, I gave him the middle finger. So, I mean, listen, I know some of these reactions are very immature, but again, sometimes they make me feel a little bit better. So in the two months that we've been broken up, uh, I've only run into them twice, but many of my friends in the neighborhood have run into them and they just either cross the street and walk away or they leave the dog park. They actually refuse to engage with either of them as well. 
So there's a thing going on, right, where he still wants to see your dog or hang out with the dog. What, what's that all about? Because we, we recently had our, our pets and dating episode, uh, which I know you've listened to. I did. Um, so so what, what, is go, what, what is going on with that? Well, I mean, him being non-confrontational, he has yet to ask. So one time he did accuse me of keeping the dog from him. And I said, well, I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm not keeping the dog from you. You actually have to ask to see the dog in order to see him. So right now, that's kind of where we're at a standstill is like, if he asks, I'll have to make, you know, I'll have to come up with an excuse. But at this point in time, he hasn't asked, so I don't have to do it. So you, you got the dog together while you were living together, and that's why he feels like he still has some right, some rights or some connection. Exactly, exactly. It's yeah. wild that he would go with, you're keeping the dog from me. Like, how, how did he think this was going to play out, that you were going to call him up and be like, would you like to see the dog? Like, this is so odd. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I have probably some of the most amazing sisters. So I know my sister to call him and she's like, can you just leave Katniss alone? She's going through a lot. And the one thing that she needs is that dog, right? Like he has been my solid. Um, I don't know, actually the outcome would, would have been very different. Like for me, just like having him every day to come home to, I mean, he's become so intuitive with me. Like if I'm crying, he's right in bed with me, you know, He's even changed his style. Like he used to sleep under the bed and now he sleeps in the bed with me because I think he just knows I need him, right? And he's always by my side. And it's, you know, the relationship for us might have ended, but my relationship with my dog may have evolved. But the funnier part is now I, you know, it was like, I say he's the love of my life. So it's going to be hard going forward to date somebody after this. It's okay. Yeah. I've certainly been through things like that where I've had to explain to the person I'm dating, I've known my dog longer than you. We don't fight about stuff. <laughs> you know, he's he's my number one. It is what it is. And also, when I was in my relationship with a person who cheated on me, we also had dogs together. We had two dogs together. And so I can understand why he tried it. He said, can I keep one and you keep the other? And I said, no, I get to keep them both because I'm not the one who messed up our family, essentially. I'm not the one who made this choice. And I'm, I was gonna say, I'm sorry, but I'm not at all sorry. I think that that is what you should expect. There are consequences to, to cheating. And if you step out on your family, which can include the pets you have together, then you're the one saying, I'm choosing something different at the risk of losing this. And when that risk is realized, okay, that's the choice you made, is in my opinion, you know? And so I certainly, if anyone cares about my thoughts on it, that's your dog. And so it's just wild to me that somebody continues to think they can have it all. I can have my girlfriend, I can have my side piece, I can still have my dog throughout all of this. Yeah, there's so much just magical thinking and, and like you said earlier Michelle or, or not thinking at all I, I was also thinking about how there's a parallel it seems to me between how your ex didn't want to think about how about we go on a big adventure or go to a different country or something how he was kind of blocked and you know and this is where um one of the guests we've had on who has his own podcast John Schinnerer he often talks about the importance in relationships uh of a, a growth mindset 
right? And it seems to me that your ex had the exact opposite of that. Like every time you made a suggestion for how to make a change, how to make an improvement in your lives, like he was just always stuck. And and like you're saying, instead of growing together, like he just kind of ran off and, and went off to do something else and something easier. Now, as you're sort of transitioning out of this relationship, I mean, are you have you started dating again? Are you thinking about what it's going to be like when you do? Where, where are you on that? Yeah, I mean, a really good girlfriend of mine. So, I mean, the, the dating apps have evolved. So I was like, you know, I just want to get back out there and have sex, right? Like that was one of my things. I hope my mom's not listening to this. Um, no, I actually told her. Uh, I have a great relationship with my mom. But, you know, so they told me about this app called Field. And I was like, well, what is this app, right? I'd never heard of it. So I went- Mom, tune out now. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, wow, it really has come a long way <laughs> since I had started, since I had dated for three and a half years ago. So I did, I did go, I did go on a date. Um, with a guy from the app, tried to date. He was in a very complicated situation, getting a divorce and like, then kind of like, you know, I was like, I just wanted to be light and have fun. And then he kind of wanted a serious relationship and kind of went off the deep end. And I was like, listen, this for me is just supposed to be fun. Like, if it's not going to be fun, I don't want anything serious because right? I'm not ready to, I, you know, I have huge mistrust issues. So anybody who's getting into a relationship with me, I am not going to trust you as far as I can see you, right? That's kind of where, you know, where it's at. Even like probably making new friends will be difficult and bringing them into my circle. You know, I had said to my ex early on, like, I just don't know if men and women can be friends if they like dated before or if it's a new person, right? Here, I'm the one who brings in this new person, not thinking that she would do something like this because she is my friend, right? And... So that was kind of a little bit of an interesting dating scenario. And, but I, I'm still on it, like trying to go out and have a little bit of fun, nothing serious, just to, to dip my toes back into it. I think that's a great way to look at it. I mean, it, you know, it would be totally understandable if you weren't at all interested in dating right now. Sometimes moments like these are good for, okay, let's just refocus on myself, my interests, my friends, and plenty of people choose that path. And I think that's a healthy path as well. But sometimes... It, it does make sense. You're like, I just want to be desired again. Like this guy just rejected me. And I just want to know that that's not how everyone feels. And so it's nice to get out there. And this guy just treated me like crap. Hopefully on the apps, there's somebody who wants to treat you nice. <laughs> um, and so I think it makes a ton of sense that you'd that you'd want to do it in this way, though. Like, as you said, dip your toes back in, you know, not go full-fledged, okay, I'm ready for my next full relationship. Because as you said, you've got some healing to do still. You're still in the process of that. And so I think it's really awesome that you're taking care of you, attending to your needs, and to the extent that those needs involve dipping your toes back into connecting with other people. That sounds that sounds great, and I'm happy for you. One of the things I, you know, you're right, it's like my priorities are my family and friends and my dog, right? So I don't let the dating thing like take like the first seat of like my life. Right. And I ask very pointed questions. Like, do you have anything that's complicated or chaotic or that's going to get me in or that I'm going to hurt another person if I go out with you? It's, I know it's, a, it's such a weird question to ask and people are like probably thinking, you know, I don't want to create chaos in my life and I don't want to create chaos in somebody else's life and I don't want to hurt somebody else. So my intention on dating is very clear with that question. 
before I'll go out with somebody and I'm not letting it be a priority. I mean, I want to spend all my time with my family and friends because they, you know, they were by my side for the last two and a half months, just like whenever I needed somebody calling me every day. And, you know, you get into a relationship and you lose a piece of that support system because you have it automatically built in. And I've realized that, you know, you, you, when you lose that, like, it's not as a strong, you know, I, and I really want to, you know, intentionally go into my next relationship, keeping that base still so strong. I love your question. I've seen something posted online where it's like one of those things where you can't tell if it's a joke or for real, but I'm like, I like it. Where somebody, <laughs> like one of their questions to somebody they go out on a date with is, is there anyone who would be upset to know that we're out together right now? And I just love that because regardless of what the answer, I mean, regardless of why the answer might be yes, there's good information to learn there. And, and if the answer that they give is no, but the real answer is yes, then it's a great way to realize from early on, whenever you find out the actual answer, this person lied to me from the jump, which is a great red flag to pay attention to. So I just love that you asked that because somebody who doesn't have something shady going on shouldn't have a problem with you asking and honestly should respect it because you're trying to avoid conflict in your life or theirs. Another thing I was wondering about is as you're dipping your, your toes back into the dating pool, even if for now, not necessarily for a super serious relationship, besides asking that question, what are some of the main red flags that you're trying to identify or, or stay away from? Like it could be things that you were already aware of before your last relationship, or some of them could be things that you've discovered now. So what's your, also in terms of giving advice to our listeners and with the experience you've gained, what are like some of the, the take home messages you'd say from your experience? I mean, I think one of the things, you know, just really identifying what you want. You know, when I got into this relationship, you know, with my ex, like I knew that at some point in my life, I would like to get married. Now I don't want kids, right? So that was, it's not a priority for me, but you know, I would like to get married someday. I've never been married. It was, it was important. And then, you know, early on my ex was like, this is something I'd be open, I'd be open to, but it was never a hard yes. And I should have listened. I should have listened, been like, I, he was married for 10 years. It wasn't important to him. Right. And if that's important to me, not compromising on the things that are really like, what are your three things that are super important? Right. You know, I want to build a life with somebody like I want to have a home. Right. Like, and I want to be able to travel. Right. Like I went out with a, a date with this, you know, on this app and the guy's like, and he's like, I, I don't travel. Right. And I was like, red flag, like you don't travel, then we have not a lot of things in common, right? So it's just like identifying the things that are the most important to you and that what you need. And, you know, it might, you know, you might so want to be in a relationship with somebody and it's so important that you're going to like give away a piece of yourself. And if you give that away and make all these compromises, then you're just never really going to be happy not keeping those things precious to you that are really important. I also think a red flag is not having that many friends. A guy doesn't have a ton of friends, then there's going to be something to be said for that because it's like, I mean, I have a, a huge abundance of friends and I feel fortunate. I'm an extrovert, right? And, you know, we, my ex and I did a lot of things together, but always with my friends, right? I, you know, I, I didn't, I'd meet some of his groups of friends, but he just didn't really need a ton of people, Right. And so I would be like, let's do this. Let's plan this. Let's go out with this. Right. He didn't need that in his life. And I did. And we kind of found this compromise. But I'm a very, you know, now I'm out every night of the week or I'm meeting up with friends or I'm kind of 
going on an adventure with my dog. So I think that it's like that kind of thing that I like coming back into my own and who I am. And and I think that, you know, we had a special set, set of circumstances. I don't know if I would have ever dated my ex if it hadn't been for COVID, right? Because before COVID, I'm this, you know, in my profession, I was like always out every night, dressed up, hair, makeup, high heels, right? And when we met, you know, it was in COVID and we were always just going out for social distancing runs and it was a very different lifestyle. And maybe our lifestyles would have never meshed, but COVID made a circumstance where we where we got together, right? And maybe it played its course out. I wish the course would have ended a bit differently and I wish you would have been honest with that because, you know, I wasn't planning on giving up our relationship. I would have just liked to have a, an honest conversation about. Yeah. So like a couple of things I wanted to ask you about, like with that red flag. So, I mean, I'll clarify, you know, for you, a person not having a bunch of friends would be would be a sign of incompatibility because you're so extroverted and it's and you derive a lot of importance from your relationship with your friends. Now, for some people who are more introverted or who don't mind that in a partner, that's not necessarily in and of itself going to be a red flag. However, you know, an interesting thing I've always found anecdotally to to be a red flag is if you don't like the other person's friends who they consider to be close friends and you do not find them to be quality people. I would say that's a red flag. So maybe less the quantity, more the quality. But another question I have for you is, and I'm not, I mean, I guess it's a hypothetical, but I'm truly asking it because I think it would be helpful for our listeners to think about as well. What if you're interested in somebody and he does have female friends or a close female friend um, moving forward? I'm sure that would be challenging for you. Do you think it would be a deal breaker or say that you've otherwise, I mean, other than that, you feel really well aligned with this person, you're excited about them. What do you think, if anything, that you can think of would help reassure you what kind of conversations might you need to have that would help reassure you about a man who does have a female friend? I think, you know, with my ex, like a lot of his female friends were the ones he's dated before. So that it was like a little bit of an awkward situation. Right. And, you know, the one that he said it was his really good friend he dated and then he kissed her even though we were dating. Right. So for me, I like had big issues with that. I think if that person's been in their lives for a really long time, it's okay. You know, the thing that I have an issue with is like all of a sudden you came home and you're like, I have this new person that I met like two weeks ago, right? And she's great and we're going to be friends, right? I think that is where, you know, like I find the red flag. It's kind of, you know, because it is when you're starting to get to know a new person in the beginning, right? There's that like chemistry. There's like that spark. There's like this newness, right? And, you know, that's probably what happened with my ex and this 27-year-old, right? Like she's 27, you know, like probably the perfect storm. She needed help putting up a picture and I asked her to go over and help her. Right. And I probably feel that's right when it, you know, started and they started this flirtation. I mean, he was there for a long time. I was like, how long does it take to really hang up two pictures? You know? And so maybe, you know, like, and you know, she probably was like, Oh, he's so great. Right. Like, and you know, and the flirtation started from there and she appreciated all the things that, you know, she did some race in Colorado and then he leaves cupcakes in our apartment, right? Like all the things that he was doing for her, he should have been doing in my relationship, in our relationship to make it work, right? So like, it's maybe not the old friends, but maybe it's like being wary of the new friends that, that you're inviting in. I mean, even in your own, in my own personal life, right? Like I invited this woman who I thought was my friend. And it's like, I have to evaluate the people that I, that I bring in and trust, right? And I looked at her as like, a younger sister, this woman who 
didn't have a ton of friends, lived in the neighborhood and, you know, just made a mistake there. But like, I'm going to learn from this, hopefully going, going forward. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's something to the idea of, you know, people are on their best behavior when they just meet you. And plus there just hasn't been enough time that has passed for them to do something shitty yet. So it's easy to just think the best of somebody. And if you don't have any bad evidence about them, they're on their best behavior in the context of hanging out as friends, you tend to be focusing on the things that you have in common and stuff like that. And if they happen to be attractive in some kind, like by your definitions, you know, I could see how, why do we even introduce this into the equation? <laughs> like, and that's probably why it helps to date somebody who already has a good established friend group. They aren't out there needing to be on the lookout for new friends, suggesting there's something missing in their life that they're trying to fill. So, I mean, I do think that's a, you know, and a red flag, a potential red flag that it is helpful for our listeners to be thinking about in, in date, in the dating context and in the friendship context too, I guess. Yeah, I definitely, you know, it's, you know, it's, the three of us were friends together. So, you know, people would see her out with him. You know, some people, some people actually assumed we were a throuple. And, you know, I was like, could you guys have just said something to me? Right. And then, you know, cause it's, you know, we both had dogs. So, you know, and you know, people out in the neighborhood knew that I traveled a ton. So they had assumed that I was just traveling or gone or something of that nature. And a lot of the times I were, you know, I wasn't, some people don't want to interject themselves in your life, right? They're just seeing it happen. And like, we don't want to say anything, right? Like a really good couple of their friends had been, had caught them together. And, you know, I knew them from the neighborhood and I asked them, I was like, why didn't you say something to me? And they're like, well, we're better friends with her and it's not our place. But we did tell her that she should come clean because it's not the right thing to do. And, you know, obviously she thinks it's not her place to come clean because it was his place. Because being friends doesn't count as like an important variable in the equation, I guess. So what's your best guess as to say hypothetically, it doesn't work out between them, which I'm just going to be straightforward. I mean, I don't know them at all, but the odds of it working out well are just not, I mean, for them, you know, it's not great, especially what you've said about her history of she likes to cheat with people. And that's just a thing she's done on multiple occasions, you know, and I guess for both of them, obviously they have now a demonstrated history of not being satisfied with what they have or being willing to work on that when the going gets tough, you know, I don't know, maybe they'll be happily ever after. And it just sucks that it started this way. But if they break up, do you think he's the type that is going to come back around either to try to get back with you? Or like you said, he seems to try to want to be friends with all his exes. Do you do you foresee him trying to come back into your life? And what do you imagine you'll do if that day comes? I think in the beginning, when I was talking to my therapist, I would say, I just want my life back. I would have probably traded anything just to have like my life rewinded two weeks. And he's like, well, you know, my therapist is like, well, would you have rather not known? And I'm like, yes, I don't want to feel this heartache and this pain. Right. But, you know, now that it's been, you know, a couple months past that point, I'm happier than I ever have been. Right. Like I didn't want to be in this point. I know going back to him wouldn't make me happy plus I would never trust him right like I don't want to live 
with somebody feeling like I would wake up every morning with this inability to trust because it's it's not a healthy way to live, right? And us breaking up has given me some amazing opportunities that I've I've gone out and like seeked for myself, right? Because you know all my decisions had to be made as a couple when I was with him, and now that I, I'm independently on my own, right? I've gotten to make some really great life choices that propel me in a direction that I never thought I would get to go, um, right? So I think that for me, I've like found a bit of my piece of myself that I lost in the relationship. I love that. One of my no, probably my favorite quote is smooth seas don't make skilled sailors. And it's that idea of things going perfectly smoothly for you. Don't teach you about yourself. It's when things get hard that, I mean, nobody wants that, you know, you're not going to like, if we're going to stick with the smooth seas analogy, you're not going to hope for a cruise out on the rough seas. But you know, if it happens and you emerge from that, yeah, you're going to be feel a little ragged and beat up at first and be like, I wish I could just go back to before this started. But in the end, you know, you learn something from what it took for you to get through that situation. And so I feel like that's so perfectly reflected in what you said that you wish at the time it early on, you were like, I wish I could just go back. I wish I just didn't know that I could just go back to our relationship as it was. But now that you've started and made some progress in that process of healing and of recognizing, okay, what do I take away from this? What did I learn about me and what values have kind of been calibrated or recalibrated for me as a result of this? You're like, I'm happier than I was in this relationship. And I think that's such an important takeaway. I don't think that's an unlikely outcome either. So I'm not surprised to hear that that's your outcome. And I think for any of our listeners who ever should find themselves in such a similar situation, I hope they'll remember what you said, that as much as in the beginning, it was tempting to be like, I just want to go back to what's comfortable and what I know and what was like good enough, that actually there's something so much better if you just ride out the storm. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate it five stars so that others have a chance to listen to it as well. And make sure to subscribe so that you can get our future episodes. All our platforms are accessible at strangersoninternet.com. Again, that's strangersoninternet.com. There's no the in there. You can become a part of our community by joining the Strangers on the Internet Facebook group or following us at Swipe Strangers on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, or Mastodon, where we are on the Fostodon server with two S's. We also appreciate support to defray our costs to run the podcast. You can help us out at Swipe Strangers on coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com. I would like to thank my husband, Carlos Farini, for the sound editing, as well as Vlad Pujuku for permission to use his music for his podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye.